This is your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers. Turn, hand it off to Minner, hit in the backfield and drilled. Again, 13's there to make the tackle. Nebraska wins its fifth national championship. Giving you an inside look at everything going on in Husker Nation, this is the KLIN Husker Hour. Right three called, and the Huskers are the Big Ten Conference champions. Nonsense, got it! Underdog, and then one! Exclamation point! Now your hosts, KLIN contributor Cole Stukenholz and KLIN reporter Matt McMaster. Good Saturday morning. Welcome to another edition of the KLIN Husker Hour. Just a couple of days after Ho-Hum, another top 10 win. For Nebraska um, basketball at Pinnacle Bank Arena. um, These was a giant wearing these headphones before I put them on. It was ridiculous. No, you don't have you don't quite the same uh, hair. No, I think it was Stu Kearns. He's got a. I think he's got a pretty big noggin. Great guy, but I mean these headphones are ridiculous. Shout out Friendly Fire. Hey, we've got a great show. We've got Amy Just from the Lincoln Journal Star uh, set to join us uh, in our next segment. We have quite a bit to talk about with Amy. We could go in a number of different directions, but I would imagine we're probably going to start with a little men's hoops. How about that? My first question to be would be to Amy Jusk, who we love. What do you cover? What is what is your what? No, 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 no. no what, what doesn't it, that what would be don't easier? You cover. What and she would probably say nothing. Like, like, what would be considered her specialty? Because you know what, that woman goes to everything. She goes to everything and yeah. writes about everything. I'm so excited. I haven't. We haven't talked to her in a while. It's been a little while. It's been a minute. Yeah. So it's gonna be a great interview. I hey, hot take here. Yeah. I hate Ken Palm. I'm I'm done. I'm out on it. I don't get it. It's just a bunch of numbers. What did, and what did Kenneth Pomeroy ever do to you? I I think I'm sure he's a sweet man, and <laughs> if we had a discussion, we would probably end up being friends. But from an analytical statistic and understanding of how greatly it affects March Madness, I don't get it. I I know it's I know it's offensive efficiency versus defensive efficiency, and it's a lot of numbers. But the fact that Michigan State is 17th. And you got teams like Nebraska and Northwestern who are respectively doing incredible jobs in the Big Ten, way better than Michigan State is doing in the Big Ten, yet Northwestern's 43rd and Nebraska's 51 and Michigan State's 17. I don't get it. I don't understand it. It seems like it gets the top stuff right with Houston, Purdue, Connecticut, Arizona, Auburn. Is there some sort of like baked-in metric where it says I Tom have, Izzo's the coach? I have. Well, I mean... That's got to count for something, you know? Not in the numbers, though. I don't know. That's the selection committee bias. That's That's not numbers. That's a good point. That's a good point. I don't get it either. Here's the thing. Do you know why I say that? Do you know what Michigan State hasn't done this season, or only has done on one occasion this season? Beat ranked teams and win big games and boost resumes. And that's exactly what Nebraska's done. Here's, Here's the thing. I've heard this story about... What was the what was the year that Nebraska was twenty two and nine and didn't make the tournament? Twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen. Yeah. Heard over and over and over again how fourth, how, fourth how, best record in the Big Ten. How they got screwed. Did not even host an IT did, game. Didn't they they the numbers were terrible. There was someone I'm sure Nebraska fans have identified someone on that committee that didn't want them to be in the tournament for whatever reason. I'm just going off of trend. They played the four teams in the Big Ten that that made the tournament. Yeah, once each. Yeah, got one of them at home, and that was Michigan. I'm beat aware. them by twenty. But then they lost. They to Michigan lost the, at, Well, they lost the other three games, and then they lost to Michigan in the Big Ten in tournament. Big Ten tournament by like twenty. Right. That team, with all due respect, to anyone who was on that team who might be listening. To this, I think that was also the year they played Kansas at home and lost by a point. That team didn't beat anyone. Didn't win. Didn't win big games. They missed it's, their shot against KU, they, and they, they had that one win against Michigan. That was it. That was it. Yeah. This team, this Nebraska basketball team, this year, on a consistent basis, has beaten tournament teams. Has beaten teams that these rankings and these and these numbers and, and all these brackets have in there. They beat the Michigan State. They beat the Northwestern. They beat Wisconsin. They beat Purdue. They've got the big wins. Here, here's what it comes down to, Mr. Schuchenholz. Stay afloat. Be 500. Yeah. 
win the t- win the games you're supposed to win. Keep this Pinnacle Bank Arena mojo still still riding. Maybe pick up a road win here and there, and you're in, and you're done. They've they've laid this Wisconsin win was so big because they laid the groundwork for them to do the bare minimum and make it to the tournament, and that is massive. That is massive. Do you want to talk about the Wisconsin win, or do you want to talk you, about the road ahead first? Uh, we'll do both. Wisconsin but, win. Let's all right. go Wisconsin win. I know Wisconsin you got a lot of stuff set up for it. You tell me. What, what were your takeaways? Well, first, let me paint you the picture. So I didn't actually start watching at the start of the game. We were finishing up dinner, and then I had to run an errand. So I throw a couple of the rowdy kids in the car to get them away from the house. Being, being a dad sounds terrible. Driving over to Target. And I turn on the radio, and KP comes back from break and tells me that it's 23 to 8. Yeah. Oh, it was a bad start. 23 to 8. And then it was 27 to 8 before Nebraska scored they again. Couldn't, they, couldn't, they couldn't hit water if they fell out of the boat. That's how bad it was. So, listened while I was in the car, got back home, wasn't able to listen or watch until the end of the half, saw the halftime score, 41-27, 16-point deficit, 14-point deficit, whatever it was. And and I'm just like, okay, well, 43-27, there it is, 16 points. It's like, well, that's that's that. I mean, and I did actually, I sent out a tweet. I said, give PBA a reason to get loud and see what happens. See what happens. Not even really believing it myself. Like, Wisconsin was so ruthlessly efficient against us in the first game up in Madison and they did the same thing to us for a half, and it was in Lincoln. And I'm like, okay, well, that's just who they are. They're they're doing it again, and and Nebraska is just not not matching up real well with the Badgers. And that was what I thought. And I didn't turn the game back on until I was upstairs. I'd gotten a couple kids in the bed, turn it on on my phone, not on the TV, but on the phone. And all of a sudden, number zero starts getting loose, sure. starts knocking down shots. I'm like, all right, well, I, I, goodness, I can't, man. I can't switch it off the phone because it's working. <laughs> so I watched the rest of the game on my you phone. See that in 49ers won. fan who like started watching the game from outside his house and then like never left the outside of his house because they started to win. Everybody has to do their part. I, I agree. So are you are you on the phone now for the rest of the season? No, just for that game. Oh, for that just game. For that game. It I worked. Don't know. It worked. So so my my takeaways from this game, um, obviously C.J. Wilcher. Unbelievable, was unconscious in that second half. He could not miss. He was shooting up every opportunity. It was long twos. It was threes off screens. Just absolutely no hesitation. The one where he hit it from the left wing. I was about to say. Where they're bringing it up. They're bringing it up. And he's like calling for it before he crosses half court. He's like, if I catch this right inside half court, I'm going to shoot it from there. He still caught it from like 30 feet away and let it go. And it was in. Incredible. His second half line, by the way, 16 points on 5 of 7 shooting, 3 of 5 from 3, 3 for 3 from the line. Did you know that he has yet to, to miss a single free throw in Big Ten play? Oh, that's he a has great not missed. stat. Wow. And out of those 20 minutes in the second half, he only played 12. Yeah. He played 12 minutes in the second half of that game. He was plus 22 in the second half alone, as was Bryce Williams by the way, who had seven. And then in the overtime, Bryce Williams took over. He had six. And Nebraska dominated the overtime period, as you kind of saw coming at that point. But C.J. Wilcher is the obvious choice there. Rink Mast, though, when he hit those two threes, when Nebraska went down again, they were down by nine at one point. They were down by seven when he hit the first one. And then another step back. He did that against Ohio State when he went off for 34. He did it again. And it was a critical, critical shot. I think it brought Nebraska within two. And what what can you say about the the exhibition that Nebraska put on from beyond the arc in the second half? They needed almost every single one of them, and they absolutely got them. And having Juwan Gary back for some of those key rebounds, he had an and one in the overtime period. Just the the amount of depth that Fred Hoiberg had to play with is the reason why they were able to come away with a win like this. And it's the reason why they're they're set up well for the rest of the stretch run as well. So a couple of things. First off, uh, they made those shots at the at, down in the second half where they weren't really high quality shots, but I feel like stuff evened out because they were taking wide open shots in the first half 
and not hitting them. And, right. and they hit some of these shots that put them back into the, into the game that if you were to lose the game, those would be the ones that you would have said, well, if they hit that, man, they had the up. And they also did the same thing that kind of Northwestern did against them when they were at Pinnacle Bank Arena where they were tied and they had like four possessions to take the lead mm-hmm. and they didn't do it and they couldn't make a bucket and get everyone back into it. Uh, but they finally did. They pulled it out. Okay, let's talk about it. I don't love getting negative in in terms of a a win that is so positive and a win that is is so important in a season that um, is a very important season in the history of Nebraska basketball considering just the fact that you have a coach who has had so much success elsewhere and hasn't had nearly as much success in this place and now that he's he's seems like he's found the formula to building a roster and has found a formula to playing in the Big Ten. He's changed his, his style of play that matches the conference in which he's in. Uh, you wish that some people who coach other sports would have taken that uh, avenue. Anyway, sorry, I always have to do that. Casey <laughs> Tominaga. Yep. Let's have the let's have the discussion. Nineteen minutes, one of seven from the field, minus sixteen. Box plus minus. Second worst on the team. The worst was Jamarcus Lawrence, who had minus 17. Casey did not play a lot in the second half. I think he might have only played three or four minutes. Some of that time was on switches for free throws. Six minutes in the second half. Six minutes in the second minus half. Minus eight in that second half where they erased a 16-point deficit. Sam Hoiberg took his minutes. He did. And, and for defensive reasons. If he's in the scouting report, Casey, when he's in the scouting report now and teams know about him and teams know they got to cover him and teams know, hey, we can't let this guy get open and these are the sets that... There's there's only so many types of screens you can set for shooters within a given offense, which they've done for him. Let's just be honest. When he's hitting shots, when he's on fire, when he's rattling them off, you can't... You have to play him. You have to play him because he wins you games like the one he gets, he did against Northwestern. He wins you games like he in part did against Purdue when he started hitting those shots. Yep. He wins you those massive games in where you need a bucket and you need, in some cases, Pinnacle Bank Arena or your bench to get going. He hits those shots. And for that reason, it is foolish, foolish to say that He's not important, or he's you know not as good as you think he is, or maybe he should have a permanent um, regression on his minutes. It's foolish to say that because of that ability alone. Mm. At the same time, he's not big enough, and he's not fast enough, and he's not strong enough to consistently get open like some of these other elite shooters that we see in the professional game. Everyone knows Clay Thompson is going to shoot the three. But he's 6'5", and he's physical, and he's big, and he's able to push off, and he's able to run around, and he's able to use screens, and he's able to get up those shots. Casey's not that. He's smaller. He's, he's, not as, he's not as dominant. And that's fine because there are points where it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He's in shots. So what? So what he can't get? He's not getting as open as you think he can. He's in those shots, and he had open shots in that first half. Against Wisconsin. Yeah. And he missed him. And he missed him. And so at that point, with the defensive liability that he is, you can't play him. And that's just the reality now. And so to say that, well, he shouldn't be playing as much or this or that, or Hoiberg should take his minutes permanently or to paint this narrative that he's not an important part of the team because they beat the best team in the Big Ten and he had a very minimal role. I mean, he went one of seven from the field yeah. with only uh, uh, two points. It's foolish. It's dumb. But that's the reality that we all have to live with now in terms of watching Nebraska basketball, which is that... Casey Tomanaga is all or nothing. He could give you 28 against Indiana and he give you, give you two points against Wisconsin. Yeah, and the other thing is he's kind of a defensive liability as well. Like he, he's, he's not kind of. You can't he's not kind hide, of. You, Let's not mince it. He yeah. is a defensive liability. You can't hide him against Big Ten offenses because guys are good enough to scheme around him, to move the ball around, and to get mismatches, and then they do what they want to do against a guy who's not as, as physical defensively. They, they beat Ohio State 
by 14. He played maybe even less minutes in that contest in the second half than he he did against Wisconsin. And the reason why was Ohio State was picking on him. He was. They were going after him. Yeah, yeah. But here's the thing, and you mentioned it. I mean, the the thing about Fred Hoiberg's fifth season is he has adapted to the Big Ten. Yes. He has shown a, a very high willingness to adapt to the game. We've seen Jamarcus Lawrence play start in the first half and then like disappear in the second half because he wasn't producing and you find somebody else to do it. We've seen it a couple times, as you mentioned, with Kase. Here's the thing. Where did Boogie they Coleman have, go? Well, yeah, exactly. There you go. Written Done. out of the script. Done. You have the ability with the depth that they have to go to a Josiah Alec for an extra for extra minutes. You have Juwan Gary, who did not start this game, but obviously was able to play pretty well uh, and help down the stretch. And Sam Hoiberg, who did not register a stat in the first half, played 13 minutes in the second half, Man. was plus 13, had three points, two rebounds, or excuse me, uh, three rebounds, two assists. And two steals. He also had a rebound and a steal in overtime uh, as well. Sam Hoiberg is the the other side of the coin to Kese. He's the defensive stopper. He annoys the crap out of guys. This is a spark plug. He does not go away. And he has the ability to hit a shot or two once in a while. You saw that kind of spinning. Oh, I almost lost it. They over they over defended me. They have the ability to do that. And Fred has recognized in the right spots that that he can go to that, and not just Sam, but with other players as well. Sam isn't the most talented guy, but I think he's a player that anyone, any coach in the Big Ten would love to have on their team because yeah. of just the energy and the just basic fundamentals of defense in which he provides to his squad. And so, I mean, look, I don't know if this is going to be a trend of Hoiberg getting more minutes than Tobinaga, but it's something that they've done. It's something that they've won with, and frankly, Fred's not afraid to do it. And yeah. that takes a lot. Takes a lot. It does. Takes a lot. And we gotta, I'll tell you something right now. There's a reason they introduced Casey last because he's the fan favorite. That's right. But Fred's Fred's willing to, to put him on the on the bench. If, you do what you got to do to win. You got do you got. Yeah, you're right. You do what you got to do to win. Uh, we're gonna do what we got to do to win. Uh, right after this, Amy Just from Lincoln Journal Star is gonna join us. Uh, we've got a lot more Husker hoops to talk about with Amy. Uh, we'll we'll guess uh, definitely get to what the women have in front of them. Uh, they face a winless in the Big Ten Rutgers team today, uh, and also. Uh, it is the original signing day coming up this week. Does Nebraska have an ace up their sleeve or not? We'll tell you all of our thoughts when we come back here on the KLI and Husker Hour. Your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers is right here. You're listening to the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1499.3 KLIN. She covers maybe literally everything. Maybe. Nebraska for the Lincoln Journal Not Star. Maybe. She probably does. She probably does. She probably has. She probably will continue she to. She probably will. She always has, always will. It's Amy Just from the Lincoln Journal Star, columnist there, joining us here on Husker Hour. Amy, how are you this morning? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Uh, funny you say that. I'm trying to cover every sport at least once uh, that Nebraska offers what? this year. So. Yeah. We're, we're going to try. It's how many, I can't wait for the rifle article. <laughs> That's going to be great. Week. Next week? Next week. Yes. Wow. How, many do you ha- how many do you have left? How many do you have to check off Ooh. next? February. Um, so quite a few. But yeah. I'm going to knock off quite a few within the next couple of weeks. Because I was at swimming yesterday. got a fun story out of that. And then track today. I should have a couple stories there um, at some point soon. Then rifle. And then... Softball's going to be gearing up, even though I've written about them already this year. But uh, I'll be writing a lot about them. Um, Maybe today. today did that. you do soccer already? Yeah. Oh, come on. Uh, did, wow. she, did she do okay. soccer? Not this year. Not, not this year. Not this year. Okay. Twenty-four. But you'll, but, you'll uh, get it. You'll get it. In the academic year. You know what? If you're going to knock... about soccer this year. If you're going to knock off rifle and swimming already, I feel like you're on the right track here. Like I feel like we're breaking it down. I, I feel like you can part, do this. Yeah, what's what's the, the hardest part? part? Is, the fall, is the fall sports that aren't football, volleyball. Yeah. That's going to be tough. So golf. Golf will probably be the one. Yeah. Where that, yeah. Golf, yeah. yeah, golf will be... That's going to be one where I'm going to have an issue. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just out of time management. But sure. I'm going to try. If I fail, 
that's fine. I still wrote about a bunch of sports that otherwise don't get a whole lot of love. So yeah, it's a win-win, but- even if I lose. Absolutely. Well, and and of course, since you are everywhere, you you were at PBA on Thursday night to see yet another top ten victory for Fred Hoiberg's Huskers. Uh, I'll I'll just leave it open ended. What was your first thought once the clock hit zero and you saw that Nebraska's fans were rushing the court again? It didn't bother me at all. Like well, the students didn't get to didn't get to rush the, the court for Purdue because they weren't in session. So right. there were some grumblings about. Oh well, act like you've been there before. They haven't. They haven't. They have not been there before. Like let them have this, and it was better executed. Um, props to the security personnel for making it like the most organized court storm of all time. Um, yep. So Nebraska. So Nebraska. Yeah. Non uh, and and non court storming thoughts in terms of how how this affects oh, the team going oh. forward. What what was your first thing you thought of? It's this team is on a roller coaster season. They win two games against top 10 teams in the same season for the first time in 10 years. Um, and then they've also fell flat on their face at times, too. So I think that's just indicative of not just Nebraska season, but a lot of the country. I mean, look at the Big 12 right now. It's totally a mess. Um, the Big 10 also kind of a mess, as is the ACC um, and the Pac-12. So everybody's just kind of a mess. But... What will tell me more about who they are, and I said this after Purdue, and I'm going to say it again, is how they rebound now. Like, yeah. they've done the emotional high twice, right? How do they learn from their lessons they learned the hard way last time and not let that fall over into yet another road loss? But Illinois is no chump team. They're ranked. They're in the upper echelon of the conference. Like, it's not going to be easy. I'm not saying that, oh, they need to win. They do need to win. But they need to at least play well and be competitive as opposed to some of their other road losses where they've been just waxed off the floor. Amy, I think the big story coming you know, outside of the win was Kese Tominaga and, frankly, the lack of play he got mm-hmm. in the second half. What What is your take at this point on Kese and his role on the team and, and uh, kind of just the season that he's had and maybe the season you anticipate he'll have uh, toward the end of the year? Yeah, so it's not surprising to me that teams are game planning for him a lot more than they did last year. Yeah. Even during his, like, 20-plus point run that he had in February last year, I still think that teams are keying in on him more. Um, And, you know, yes, on Thursday, did he have a couple open looks that just did not go in? Yeah, and that's going to happen. Like, he doesn't have nights like that very often, so it happens. So I'm not particularly worried about it. Sure. Um, They went with the hot hand uh, with C.J. Wilcher, down the stretch because how could you take him out? (laughs) Like, I don't like, you know, if he's a bench guy, somebody, some starter has to go to the bench. And it was KJ because he wasn't having his best night. And that's, that's okay. Like, it's not always going to be KJ. Obviously he wants it to be KJ, but Sometimes the shots don't fall, even if you have the best look. And that's what was happening for Casey, I think. And they went with a hot hand and went with CJ, who tied his career high on Thursday. Yeah, and it worked out. It worked yes, out. Yes, it did. Yeah, and, and the guy that made the call to not play Casey a whole lot in that second half and, and lean on Wilcher and, and play Sam Hoiberg a lot as well is obviously Fred Hoiberg. What have you seen from him in this run? And, and how has his coaching style and – the fact that he knows and, and knew and, you know well enough to develop and and, uh, and and evolve to more of a defensive style with the roster management with his, his transfers. What what have you seen from Fred Hoiberg over the last couple of years that's led him to this point where he's got 16 wins this year and he had 16 all of last season? Yeah, I think that if you want to keep your job as a coach anywhere, not just here. You have to evolve, right? You can't just stay the same with your mindset and expect things to be different 
if it's not working with what you have. And I think that Fred Hoiberg and this coaching staff have done a good job of figuring out what their teams do best and channel that. And I think that, you know, with their defense and some of their three-point shooting, um, you know, but some of that defense has been a little lax this year. Um, they have been bullied in a few games on the glass. Granted, Juwan Gary was out for some of those. Yeah. Um, and he was a huge reason why Nebraska won on Thursday. Um, he didn't have the largest of stat lines, but he was a huge contributor in that. Same with uh, Sam Hoiberg, too, um, with his incredible defense. So, I think you just have to adapt and figure out what your teams do well. And I think that that is where Fred Hoiberg and this coaching staff are with this team. And that, that's why I think it's working out um, to where they've already tied their, uh, their best season and wins under Hoiberg. And there's what, 10 guaranteed games left to go. Yes. Nine left in the regular season. And then the, the 10th in the big 10 yep. tournament at a minimum. Yep. Yep. Amy. We'll, we'll kind of move off of basketball here. Um, first off, I want to give Amy just her flowers very quickly. Uh, she does a lot of really great work at the College of Journalism over at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. So I want to, and, and does a, a great job teaching the young minds like myself of, of the future of, of journalism. <laughs> thank so thank you so much, Amy, for doing that. You, you've always done a great job over there. So many people love it when she's in the building. I just wanted to get that out there. Uh, you oh, cover, we, we've talked about it so much about just all the things that you cover. So I'll kind of give you an open-ended question here. Um, Give me an underrated storyline. Give me something that maybe not a lot of people are talking about and non-sport specific. Could be volleyball, football, men's, women's, basketball. Give me oh, something that, that maybe you're seeing that maybe you know more people need to know about or, or is kind of an underrated, under-the-radar type thing. Oh, man. This is better than my who gets the Marriott points question. Um, <laughs> um, for those who don't know, I... Uh, we were grabbing uh, dinner before a game one time, and I was trying to figure out who gets all the Marriott points for for, like, for the football Husker team. Athletic. Who gets the yeah, hotel points? Husker. Who gets who, who gets, gets the, the car? Who gets the credit card points? That's a it's a great question. Wow. It's a great question. Anyway, anyway, this is better than that question. Um, I appreciate it. And I'm stalling, obviously. Um, well, it depends on um what like flavor of sport you're looking for. Sure. I think an underrated story right now is. Um, there is like you joked about earlier, but seriously, um, there's a, a rifle athlete who's the defending national champion in her event. And she has been on a tear lately and looks like she could defend her title in a few weeks. Um, that's pretty awesome. Uh, her name is Cecilia Osi. Osi. I'm not sure on the pronunciation of her last name, but sure. She's incredible. I don't know much about how rifle is scored, but when she's consistently breaking records, yeah, you don't have to you don't have to be a bright one to know that that's pretty dang good. Um, and you know the defending national champion Cecilia Ossie, senior from Onondale, New Jersey. Oh my God, she's incredible. She's like yeah. The amount of the yeah. amount is all American rifle champion, USA shooting national champion, third team, second team, first team. Wow, that's, our listeners don't have to Google. They don't have to Google. Them, there, oh my God, she's incredible. Wow. Okay, yeah, that's great. That's so, exactly what I was looking for. Appar- yeah, apparently, uh, Nebraska's got a sniper, and we didn't know about it. Yeah, she's she's incredible. I'm talking to her and Coach Mindy Miles next week uh, wow. for a story on that. So. Yeah, if, that's, if there's an under-the-radar one, I think a national champion in a sport that doesn't get a whole lot of no. fan support um, just because that's the nature of the sport, right? They don't yeah. have like massive arenas for that. Um, I think that uh, suffices to answer A million percent. That was best. I honestly don't think you could have given me a better answer because now we just, <laughs> we just have an absolute stud and rifle that I, no one knew about, so that's great. Amy, we'll uh, we'll get you out of here on this one from from somebody who's under the radar to somebody who's decidedly not yeah. under the radar. Uh, we're starting to see the watch lists and, and all the preseason stuff come out uh, for Husker softball. Do you think folks around here are ready for the Jordy Ball experience? Do we know what's coming? 
I think so. And for those who weren't following Nebraska softball before, like, it's not like they're starting from nowhere. Yeah. Right? Like, this softball team made the regional final last year. Yeah. And lost in a crazy, crazy game. Um, So, it's not like, oh, this team doesn't have postseason experience. Oh, like, Jordy Bell's the only good player on the team. No, that is far from the truth. Um, and they only lost two uh, starters from last year, and now another one with um, an injury who is probably going to crack the starting lineup. But I I think this team is poised to do some really special things. I'm not going to put a, oh, they're going to make the Women's College World Series. I feel like they, that is their goal. I'm not going to put that on them now in early February when there are 55 plus games to go before you get to that point. But I think that if you have a free afternoon, if you haven't gotten season tickets, I think that you should find your way over to Bowen because it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a fun season. You got a little while yet. They don't play at home for several weeks. Yeah. Um, and we will get to know just what this team is made of before they return home. Because uh, they've got quite the uh, non-conference slate uh, to begin this one. Yeah. They start with Washington um, next week in Mexico. Um, pretty good field there for that tournament. And then they've got another tournament that's not as prestigious. And then one after that that is like the... Uh, the champions classic for softball out in California, the Mary Nutter. And they go to that every year. And that's, I think that's where we're going to learn just how good this team can be. Cause they're playing a lot of teams that are really, really phenomenal that week in but, that tournament. Yeah. Just, just some background. They play UCLA and Oregon and Utah and San Diego state. Just absolute killers in that. And Cal state for Fullerton too. They're pretty good at softball. So it's yeah. it. You're so, absolutely right. But yeah, so I think that, you know, this this could be a really fun year. And it's not just Jordy. Jordy's gonna make it incredible, but there are plenty of other awesome stories on this team too, with other really, really good players. And I think that Jordy is the piece that gets them from where they were to where they could be. Well, it'll be an incredible year as we uh, as we watch you check off uh, each Husker sport off of your list for, for 2024. Uh, we'll be paying attention to that. Amy Jess, columnist for the Lincoln Journal Star. Uh, great to have you back on Husker Hour. Thanks for the time, and enjoy the weekend. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Amy. All right, there she goes. Amy Just, uh, yeah. We went too long without an Amy Just uh, appearance on the Oscar Hour. We gotta, we gotta cut, we gotta cut the time in between. We uh, had to remedy that. We do. Yeah. We do. We have to make up for it on the back end. I mean, look, you, you won't find a writer in Nebraska that covers more sports and is more in tuned and more involved in more sports than Amy Just. And, yep. uh, like I said before, she's doing incredible work at the College of Journalism, a great writer and an even better person. Absolutely. Hey, we've got a lot of hoops coming up. Uh, the women are in action today. The men back on the road tomorrow. I'll give you, uh, a pretty pretty interesting stat about what it's like on the road in college basketball this season. Give it to me. I love it. Uh, not right now. It's okay. a tease. Oh, Get to that right after this here on the Husk- uh, KLI and Husker Hour. Giving you an inside look at everything Huskers. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1499.3 KLIN. Our thanks to Amy Just, just joined us. If you missed her appearance here on Husker Hour, definitely make sure you are subscribed to the KLI and Husker Hour podcast feed on wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Apple, etc. Uh, I've got that stat, but we could also we could also like, delay I'm that like, a little bit I'm further and hit women's right instead. Now. All right, I'll give it to you. Okay, so give it to me. Sorry. Nebraska like- Nebraska defeated Wisconsin. Wisconsin was in the top 10, and they were on the road. Oh, I like where this is going. Top 10 teams this season are now 25 and 30 versus unranked opponents on the road. Wow. That's a 45.5 win percentage. That's 27.8 points lower than the historical win percentage. 
and it's 16.5 percentage points lower than the all-time wow. worst win percentage as far back as we have data for. That is, that is, God, there's got Top 10 teams have a losing record on the road against ranked opponents this season. So if it's that difficult for top 10 teams to win on the road, that's what Nebraska's up against when you go on the road in almost any game. Obviously, other teams have had more success on the road, but this season is a historic outlier for whatever reason. And Nebraska's playing a ranked team today. They're going to be facing Illinois, a place where... Tomorrow. It, they play tomorrow. It, yeah, tomorrow. The women play today, the men play tomorrow. Yeah. And, and it's, it's going to be, I mean, it's a tough place to play whether they're really good or not, and they are really good. Um, and, and they've got Shannon back as well. So the he fact that really well too against Ohio State, yep. he looked great against Ohio State. So the, the fact that you see top 10 teams struggling like that with unranked opponents when they're playing away from home, it tells you how difficult it is to do. So yeah, it's, it's a tall task to ask for Nebraska to win that game tomorrow. They have nine regular season games left, Matt McMaster, and five of them are on the road. So after this Illinois game, you'll have four more. Those games are against your Northwestern Wildcats. Thank you. Indiana, Ohio State, and Michigan. Nebraska's already beaten Indiana and Ohio State at home. They've beaten Northwestern at home as well, and they have yet to play Michigan. Illinois and Michigan are one and dones. That's what they've got ahead but that's what they're up against. This is a historically difficult season to win on the road. I wonder if it's an anomaly or maybe it has to do with the fact that you are no longer, and it's maybe kind of the sad part of NIL and the transfer portal, but you're going to see less and less stories of these mid-major teams that have just all of these seniors and all these guys together and they make an incredible run because those guys now who 10 years ago would have stayed in the same place are now going to have opportunities to hop in the transfer portal, play Power 5 basketball, and play against some some better competition. And maybe that has to do with it. Look Honestly, at, that's a great point. Look look at what ne- is different. That's the biggest difference. That's the biggest difference. And like, look at Nebraska. Bryce Williams came from Charlotte. Rank Mass came from Bradley. And they, Coleman, and they had very good success there, too. Exactly. And so you're going to see more of that talent kind of get funneled in to Power 5 conferences because of the nature of the transfer portal. And on top of that, now you have those teams who are playing ranked teams more often with better players. Or it can just be an anomaly. Things could just be weird. We don't know. But if you want to point at something different in terms of the, the historicness of, of that happening, that could be one of those issues. I mean, look, I just love talking about the impact and the different impacts of the transport on NIL because I think it's so incredible. Well, and it's not just those factors. It's also the fact that you still have the COVID year yeah. factoring in. you got guys who are playing their 6th, 7th year of, of college basketball i mean it's, yeah. it, you're absolutely right all right josiah alec is is one of those cases where he would have already used all four years of eligibility instead he has that fifth year available he's able to transfer back home to nebraska and he's making a huge impact on this team yeah that's another i didn't even bring up his name he was a power five, or non-power five guy yep okay if they split i think the most the most realistic and ideal thing is they split illinois and northwestern it is hard to win in champagne and, the and apparently Wild- Boo Booey is better at Welsh Ryan and, than he was in PBA earlier this well, year. Well, the Wildcats are the 96 Bulls when they're playing at Welsh Ryan Arena. <laughs> and Boo Booey is the greatest player of all time under that roof. Which, yeah. By the way, you should, if you ever come to Chicago, we got to go. Welsh Ryan Arena is awesome. Right. It's like, it's one of it's I'll, so t- cool. I'll take your word it's for great. it. Um, let's be real here. Michigan, Penn State, Indiana, Minnesota, Ohio State, Rutgers, and Michigan again. Uh, for all intents and purposes, are worse teams. Than- Nebraska has an incredibly favorable schedule down the stretch. They are worse teams than Nebraska. They have three quad one opportunities remaining. Yeah, they had four a, coming into the Wisconsin that's game. That's away against Indiana. That's away against Northwestern. No, it's oh. it's, uh, it's Illinois Northwestern. Yeah, and then at Ohio State. Really? Yeah. At least this was as of Thursday evening. Okay, fair I don't. I, I haven't. I didn't check yesterday. Fair but enough. If yeah, obviously that can that huh. can vary. But yeah, they only had four left before Thursday's game. They sure. won that one. Huge feather in their cap. Massive. And now you've just got three left. But just in terms of what Nebraska's building from a resume perspective, they beat two ranked teams. They beat a bubble team at home in Northwestern. They have very few opportunities left to do those types of impactful things. So the fact that they could get that Wisconsin game in the win column 
does a huge service to to what they've got left. And in terms of what they're looking at in in bracket projections, uh, there are quite a few out there, and Bracket Matrix pulls them all together. There's 85 different projections, and Nebraska appears on 82 of those brackets. So three people have them out. They're as low as a 12 in the first four, and then they're as high as an 8 right now. They are behind Northwestern in that hierarchy, and they will play the Northwestern Wildcats again coming up on February 7th. That'll be the next... I I think that Northwestern game, in all honesty, is bigger than the Illinois game. I know Illinois is ranked, but just in terms of you're competing... Illinois is in the tournament. You're competing against Northwestern for seed and a spot in the tournament, and so you already got them in your home court. It's a quality win if you go and beat them over there. Real quick, I know we're going to go to a break in a second, but like, what's the ceiling in terms of seeds at this point? If they beat Illinois and they beat Northwestern and then they just don't collapse down the stretch, can they? Let's say if they win out, unrealistic. Let's yeah. say they win out. What's what's the? Well, so ceiling? I'll give you I'll give you some teams. So the five line is Kentucky, Auburn, BYU, Texas. Yeah, Tech. you're not. You're the not. six line is Utah State, San Diego State, Oklahoma, Clemson. Okay. The seven line: Florida Atlantic, can, South Carolina, TCU, Colorado State. They and could get to a seven it, or six if they do some wild things wild, down the stretch yeah. here. Now here's, look. I think they're going to be in that in that seven to ten area where they're going to be playing a one or a two seed if they were to finally get that first win in that second game. Let's call a spade a spade. Yeah, don't collapse and you're in. And they have a very favorable schedule to do that. Period. End of story. Yeah, but, but. You gotta beat Michigan, Ohio State, or Indiana. One of them on the road. Yes, you need and, to get one of those. And I wonder if they go over in road games this year. Does the committee consider if they're that still staying? But if they're still ten and ten, they yeah, won every home game. Yeah, they have Wisconsin, the, Purdue. Yeah, that would be a fascinating be test a case. Fascinating. They argument. didn't go over everywhere. They did. Be, they, they did beat K State, which is not a quad one win anymore. I don't think because K State lost earlier this week. But yeah, still. I, they got it. Just so we don't have, just so they don't have that that freak out. They got to win one of those roads. They really do need to. All right, hey, uh, we've got a little bit more hoops. We're gonna get to the women right after this, as well as uh, the football. Uh, we've got to talk some football before we go here today. More more Husker Hour right after this. Giving you a complete review of the Huskers news this week. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, fourteen hundred and ninety nine three KLIN. Keeping it rolling here on the KLIN Husker Hour. If you just joined us a couple minutes ago, no, we're not a true crime podcast, even though that uh, some apparently apparently we're talking about cutting up heads. Uh, the over-the-air ads are, <laughs> yeah, are, yeah, uh, are fire in, today. Incredible, incredible. <laughs> uh, talked a lot about men's hoops, Cole. Yes. A ton about it. And, and maybe this might be the longest time we've ever gone talking without football and maybe Husker Hour, at least the history well, of Husker Hour since no. I've been here. Just but, just since football season ended. But by the way, yeah. we're not going to talk about football right now because we're going to be talking about women's basketball. They got a very big game today and I think what's kind of fallen a little bit under the radar is that the men and the women kind of have similar uh, issues mm-hmm. and, and very similar records. Nebraska women's basketball, 14-7, and 6-4 and four in conference, 10-2 and two at home, 3-4 and four on the road, they they beat. Uh, who did they play in there? I was I wrote this the game. week. They played Purdue. They played Purdue. They beat Purdue, but they had two really bad road losses against both Iowa and Penn State. That Iowa game more competitive than the score ninety two to seventy three. They bounce back. They have a very good outing against Purdue. Callen Hake cracked the starting lineup. Maddie yeah. Kroll now on the bench. Uh, I've been very impressed with Hake this year. She's kind of taken the reins. Her second as, start of the season. Yep, as kind of that pseudo point guard. Uh, you know, she made that start when Shelly didn't start because Shelly kind of yeah, went down right. with that ankle injury. Right. She started the next game, and then that that kind of you know that was her only other start. But now firmly in the starting lineup, she's had a really good year. They're playing Rutgers at home. Rutgers zero and ten this season in Big Ten play. They need this win. They need as many wins as possible. The only difference, though, between Nebraska women's basketball and Nebraska men's basketball is those lack of big wins. Nebraska women's basketball yet this season to beat a ranked team. To be fair to them, they haven't had too many opportunities. 0-3 in ranked games. They're going to play their biggest game of the year next Sunday 
against Iowa. Caitlin Super Clark Bowl Sunday at PBA comes to Pinnacle Bank Arena in a game that has been sold out for I think like two months at this point, and is an even hotter ticket than like the Nebraska Wisconsin volleyball game. Yeah, so that'll be a massive game. PBA already sold out. It's going to be look. They are a team that. They haven't had too many bad losses. That that loss to Penn State on the road was pretty bad, and they played a, a very bad game. But they're fourteen and seven. They're six and four in their conference. Uh, they've beaten teams. Their net ranking is really high because they've blown out teams. They beat Michigan by nineteen. That was that's something that really boosted their net and their Ken Palm and all that stuff. Beat Purdue by fourteen. Beat Purdue by fourteen. So they they've had some pretty big wins. Um, so right now they're firmly in. The NCAA tournament, they're more, I mean, they're closer to the bubble than they are for sure, for sure in. Uh, but look, they're getting to the point where they beat Iowa. I mean, signed, sealed, delivered. Oh, goodness. It, yeah. it, it's done. And they're going to have a really great atmosphere to do it. And and I'm not going to, and it's also uh, their pink out too. PBA is doing a pink out. Yeah. So yeah. big game, big atmosphere. That's kind of the one that you're looking forward to. You don't mean to look over Rutgers and Michigan, two teams that for, all intents and purposes, once again, are they're better than, and they should win those games. Um, but that's going to be a massive game on Sunday. Yeah, no doubt. And with with Alexis Markowski on the run that she's on, uh, she's been doing Alexis Markowski things. She has a Big Ten best 13 double-doubles this season, seven of them in league play. Uh, she had 14 points, uh, along with Darian White, uh, led five Huskers in double figures against Purdue. Look, they have the the the... The solid performances when you expect. Uh, just really that Penn State game on the road is, I think, the only real unexpected hiccup. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they they have the Iowa game, and then after that, they they have Ohio State, another top ten opponent. Right after that, that one's they on the gotta, road. They gotta grab. They gotta grab one of those wins. They really do. Yeah. I mean, they need that ranked win to solidify their NCAA tournament bid. I don't think they're at the point. If they win the games they're supposed to win, they should be good. They should be okay. I don't think there will be a situation where it's like, well, they didn't beat anyone ranked. They shouldn't be in the tournament. But just so you can firmly put yourself in that convo, yeah. they got to win those games. Yeah, so that's that's what's ahead for Nebraska women. And, uh, of course, we just talked about the men. We are getting closer and closer to hearing this music. Oh. We're in February. We're in, Next month is March, baby. Crazy. Crazy. All right. When we come back, we're going to wrap this thing up. Uh, I do need to hit some football. Uh, A big decision for a Husker target coming up on the OG signing day, uh, as well as uh, some soccer news and uh, baseball. They're starting up soon. I will tell you who to watch for this season uh, coming up as well. That's all coming up here on the Husker Hour. Stay with us. Husker football, basketball, baseball, and beyond. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1499.3 KLIN. Let's change the subject to someone else. You know, lately I've Hey, uh, before I forget, uh, this is our 397th show. The same number of sellouts Memorial Stadium will have on August 31st for the uh, 2024 opener against UTEP. 397, Matt. What do you think of that? I yeah, three hundred ninety-seven shows. No, that's great. Yeah. Were you were you here for all of them? Yeah. Well, any, not not every. I've any, I've been any, here since anytime, the start. Any time the sellout streak, you know, just gets brought up. I <laughs> Fair own, enough. I automatically. Uh, before I forget, also uh, Husker soccer uh, made a, a big NCAA tournament run. John Walker extension through twenty twenty-seven, and Johnny Dubs, Eleanor Dale. Goal scorer extraordinaire. Uh, she is professional now. She signed with Everton in the Women's Soccer League in, in England. Good for her. Women's Super League. She made me late yep. to my class. Uh, I do the 5 o'clock sports cast every single day. I was packing up my stuff. I was yep. about to go to class. All yep. of a sudden, Eleanor Dale, she's on Everton. So I had to. There you go. I walked into class, and I actually, one of her teammates were in my class, and we're in the same group. And I go, your, your, your teammate made me late because I would have been here on time if you know she didn't sign. In the Women's Super League, uh, first Nebraska 
soccer player ever to sign in yep. the Super League. Uh, there, see, I think they actually Everton either plays today or tomorrow. I don't know if she'll be in action, but still, yep. Super League is the premier league of of women's soccer around the the world, and right. you know it's a massive accomplishment for her and, and a really great thing for Nebraska that they finally got someone in, in that league. And so, congratulations to John Walker. I think what he won the Big Ten Coach of the Year for the second time in his career yep. this season. Uh, an incredible year, much deserved, and uh, they they still got a really good team. So. They'll be able to figure it out, and uh, always great when all Nebraska sports are clicking, uh, you know, for the community. So uh, back to football, we're finally going to talk about it. Signing day, right? The the traditional, the OG, the OG signing right. day. Uh, Nebraska in on Kiona Will Height, formerly committed to Washington, decommitted after uh, Kalen DeBoer. Decided to go to Alabama to be their head coach. They've been in on Will Height. He's an edge rusher from Tuscan, Arizona. Or Tucson. Jeez, man. Tucson. I always say Tucson. <laughs> I've always done that. Tucson. That I pronounce it in Skokie. Tucson. Six five two forty guys beast. He's he's really the only one that I think that Nebraska is is waiting on in terms of their twenty twenty four class. Posi- so. I'm almost positive. I'm not sure if Matt Rule's going to speak think- at the podium either. It, maybe he will if they get him, and he won't if they don't. I, I don't, don't know. think they. I don't think he will. But I am. I don't have any inside sources. I have a good internal like radar of when a press conference is coming. Your spidey sense. I think we're going to get a Matt Rule press conference in like two weeks. Okay. It just seems very on brand because he. Well, he's very good at just communicating in general. I feel like past. You know, the only other two coaches who I was here for for press conferences, they only did pressers when they needed to. I think Rule understands the importance of communication within the fan base. And he and I think he just likes to talk, too. I think he enjoys talking to the media, enjoys talking about football and about his team. So I have a my spidey sense is tingling. I have a feeling that there's going to be a press conference in maybe two weeks, maybe a little bit after the mat drills, could be a pre-spring presser type thing. Spring football, not too far away. Yeah. Uh, you know, a little bit, about six weeks away from the beginning of spring football. So we could see something. But, yeah, Will Height is is the guy, and, and you know, clearly they've made space, and it's very important for them to, to pack the trenches, and that's what they're trying to do with getting him to sign with Nebraska. That's right. All right, getting you set for the weekend. Uh, we mentioned the Husker women are in action. That game is today out. Uh, that's here against Rutgers. Two two o'clock tip. One thirty pregame over on B one hundred seven point three. It's three o'clock tip. Yep, three a three o'clock tip. Three o'clock tip. Two thirty. B one hundred seven point three. All right, and then uh, of course the men in action tomorrow. Oh, it is two o'clock. I'm an idiot. Go. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Get us out of here. <laughs> the men in action tomorrow. They're at Illinois. Good luck winning their first uh, Big Ten game on the road. Maybe they can get it. Uh, we shall see. Coming off of that big win against Wisconsin, uh, that'll do it for us. Thanks to Amy Jess. Thanks to Matt McMaster. Hey-o. It's uh, Central Time, not Eastern Time. Oh. <laughs> All right. Go Big Red.